podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to second part of the conversation with Bunker Bastards. I'm Les Bubka. This is Accidental Podcast or something like that. My guests are Brian Bates, Rob Davies and The Kid. We, co- we have focused on the mental health for martial arts, teaching methodology, uh, karate as a religion, anatomy, uh, teaching practices. I hope you're going to enjoy it. If you haven't uh, listened to the first episode, first part, please go and have a listen. It gives you a whole picture. Uh, this one is just a, a last hour of our conversation. It was a great conversation. Uh, without further ado, uh, let's start listening. <laughs> My uh, next question is, because you all went practical, and you all said that you've been doing 3K I I haven't been with the 3K. Uh, my teacher was always kind of a practical way, but kind of on the side of Kyokushin, so more sporty sport version. Um, how did your instructors or teachers um, took your? You know, you came to them. You said, "Now I'm I'm gonna do practical ones. I'm sorry, I have to move on." Um, what was the reaction? Have been they supported or they've been not happy? I kind I kind of had a really um, uh, not sad, sad story with my teacher because he was through years he was very supportive. He always encouraged me to go and do stuff, and unfortunately due to his health conditions and, and other stuff, um, he changed. So uh, he became really close and didn't want to do anything, you know, or don't do this, don't do that. And so I felt like it was an anchor holding mm-hmm. me back. And since I I, I decided to move on. Um, he didn't took it very well, um, but hey ho, um, we have to do shuhari. Um, so, uh, when did you decide it? How uh, your teacher took it, and did you feel re- liberated? I feel that I can move more freely now and breathe. Yeah, ex- exactly that for me. Yeah, I think um, it was a long, <laughs> tough decision. Probably made easier by Bob because <laughs> we was uh, I'm not I'm not blaming Bob for this by the way, but uh, <laughs> but, but obviously being uh, we, we've been I, I never started quite with Bob either, so I think it was I think it just through the family. It's oh Jack, his uncle does karate as well, so it, it became a, a talking point with us. Uh, then we, obviously we started training together, but I think he was having those itchy feet around the same time. But I think I, I felt kind of obliged to stay you know and and, and but although I didn't want to stay you know and, and Bob was like well, I think you know, it talks reason sometimes <laughs> but it's like well, you're, a grown <laughs> mate, mate, you're a grown man make your own decisions you know if you want to leave then then, then leave kind of thing he didn't he didn't say I'm not going to influence you either way but you know if, if, if that's really what you want to do um he was doing he was going through the same thing at the same time probably left for different reasons than I did um no doubt but yeah I, it, it wasn't taken particularly well from my chief instructor it was kind of just okay see you later um, there was there was no animosity it, was like, it just felt like 
I've given you all these years and that's it. <laughs> See ya. Mm. Um, you know, um, there was a little bit of brief contact a couple of years later, but yeah, nothing. So it was almost like cut the chains and, and moved on. And I did feel, yeah, I felt like it was when I say cut the chains, it did feel like quite a big weight lifted off my shoulders. And like I say, be, being able to enjoy what I wanted to do then um, all the time, you know, rather than, oh, there's a seminar next week, I can go to the seminar. You know, this this now became my training. So mm. yeah, it, was a, it was a big weight lifted and, and it helped me progress ra- rapidly as well, I think. So mm-hmm. yeah, so maybe Bob might want to tell his story because it kind of links up <laughs> with mine ish, maybe. Uh, yeah, there's... We a couple of different ways, pints, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say there's a couple of different ways to to look at my leaving, um, because I've not made any secret of the fact that I've been training around. Let's say I probably first started training outside shortly after I got to Brown Belt. So, and I I came up through the ranks fairly quickly, presumably because I'd trained before decades ago, but it sort of clicked back in fairly quickly. Um, so I came up through the grades fairly quickly on that side and I discussed it with my instructor and this was when I first got involved with Jeff Nash and he said oh yeah I know Mr Nash he said you should go and train with him so I did that and I used to occasionally turn up say oh I've been to so and so I've been there Uh, so we had probably nine or ten years of me doing that and everything was perfectly fine and perfectly happy Uh, and then I started to organize some charity camps which were not necessarily karate related. They were for karate people, but I had all sorts of things that you could come and try. So we had uh, an Aido guy coming in. We had jujitsu guys coming in. We had some people teaching bunker. We had all sorts of things going on. So you could come for a weekend, raise some money and just try some different things for a bit of interest. And I'd sort of queried it with him. said, well, I appreciate it's not what we do here. So would you mind if I announced it to the group? Oh, yeah, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. And Okay, do you want to do that? I said, no, no, I said, it's not time yet. Give me a few weeks, and once it's organised, I'll do that. And then we got to the evening where I was going to do it, and I said, do you want me to do this? I can do this tonight. I said, but it's no problem if you don't want me to. No, 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 that's fine. And then I asked him again at the end of the class. Oh, no, 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 that's fine, that's fine, come out. So I went out, and I announced it, said what we were doing, and he then came out and stood in front of the class and said, this is a good thing, he said, this is a rare opportunity. You don't often get to do all these things. You know, it's a fine chance to do all sorts of things that you've never done before. But if you do them and decide that you like them, don't bother coming back to me. Uh. <laughs> uh, and then he went on another 20 minute rant about saying, you know, how people do this and people do that. And he just described all the things that I'd been doing for the last 10 years and how they shouldn't be done. So I don't know what had changed in that time or if it had just been sitting there niggling him for a long time. So I thought on the back of that, yeah, it's it's time to move on. I've been thinking about it for a while because this has lost it for me. I need to make a choice at this point because you've put the ball in my court. And so my choice is to move on. Having said that, whenever I run into him after having left, he's always very happy to say hello. We smile, we chat, ask how things are going and the like. We don't keep in contact, you know, we're not bosom buddies, but it was just, there was something in that evening that pushed him over the edge. <laughs> I really don't know why, because all he had to say up front was, I'd rather you didn't, and that would have been it. That's fine. Yeah. But no, 
people are strange. strange. <laughs> well, I say people are strange. <laughs> I only have to look in the mirror to know that. I was saying, on, on the back of what Bob's just said, though, it's, it's changed the topics a little bit, is about the cross-training thing. I, I actively encourage my students to do that, though, you know. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, you're saying that they can try the jiu-jitsu that was there or the Aido. Um, but if, if I've got students that have got an interest in something, you'd always say, you know, go and do it, you know, try mm -hmm. it. And, and there's certain things. I, I feel like I've got a, a fairly broad um, skill set in, in, in my karate, but there's things that people could teach a lot better than I can, you yeah. know, so... Um, one of my students has just started judo because I can throw, but not as good as judo players, you know. So sent him off as a, a, a judo club sort of three minutes down the road from where we live. So I said, yeah, go there, it's great. So yeah, I, I think that's one of the problems with more of the traditional classes. They don't like you going anywhere else, just in case you find something that you like. So, you know, I, I never discourage, you know, I always encourage, you know, if you want to go and do it, go and do it. So. Brian just uh, took my next question. Thanks, Brian. All right, sorry, you go back to that. Andy can tell you. Several <laughs> <laughs> associations, to be fair. Um, one of the ones, these struggles, one of those guys who said, you can't train with anyone else unless you get my permission. Or else he totally ignored that. I went and did what the hell I wanted anyway. Um, <clears throat> and then it came to, we started a club up in that association, me and this other guy. We were training them only once a week. So it was a, on a Sunday morning. And uh, after a couple of months, he said, right, your students ready for grading? And I'm like, no, no, they're not ready. He said, no, your students are ready for grading. And I'm like, no, no, I don't think they're ready yet. They've only been, been taught once a week for a month or two. They're not ready. And he said, no, they're ready for grading. And, he was, and so I suddenly thought, why am I doing this? He obviously just wants some money from grading. He's grading 30, 40, 50 people at a time. And I just went, oh, sod this. Um, I think within about a month I'd left and binned it all. I'd been with him for probably three or four years. And I was like, no, this is stupid. He never spoke to me again, never saw him again. Well, I have actually seen him again. That's a lie. But he won't speak to me now because why would he? He never spoke to me when I was his student. So. <laughs> um, and another association, I left the chief instructor from there. Uh, prank called me at 2 a.m. in the morning when I had a young baby. So on more than one occasion. So that was, uh, he was obviously upset as well. So um, <laughs> yeah, it seems that this uh, perfection of character stuff doesn't always rub off. Mm. Done? Cool, okay. <laughs> the question already answered then, Liz. <laughs> it could just be that everyone hates me. I don't know. Could be either. Well, yeah, there's chances, aren't there? <laughs> so... Everybody talks, uh, most of the dojos and instructors um, talking about loyalty. Loyalty from the students. Students uh, should be loyal to the club. Mm -hmm. I've got a bit of a different uh, version of loyalty, uh, but loyalty from the point of view of an instructor. Yeah. So my lo loyalty towards my students is to give, make sure they've got the, as much opportunity to find the martial art or sport they like. So I encourage people to go and look. For different things because i rather have a good friend who is enjoying aikido because that's what we meant to do wanted to do or is better at it more enjoying it than uh, having a kind of uh, mediocre uh, karateka who is not super happy in a club but that's what he thought he's, he's obliged to be so my teacher was before uh, with departure was always um supportive of going and trying different stuff that's how i came into the wrestling and 
and BJJ mm -hmm. and boxing and other stuff. So Brian answered this question, so he can be muted. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you are muted, Brian. Um, and then, guys, what you what you doing? Are you encouraging people to go find something else, or or stay with me and don't do be loyal? It depends what they want to do. To be perfectly frank. Uh, you know, I have no issues with that at all. If somebody came to me and said, well, I'm, I'm interested in doing so-and-so, well, that's fine. Tell me, because I probably know somebody who's better at it than I am, and I can point you in the right direction. Uh, and I'm all in favour of that. I've done that many a time. Uh, I had a guy come to me a while back um, who wanted to come and try things, but he wasn't really interested in what I was teaching, which is fine. So... We'd had that, he came along for the evening, we had a good physical session, and at the end of it I said, this probably isn't what you're looking for, you know, we discussed it, I said, but I'd recommend that you go and see so-and-so, because coming from where you come from, you can just hop on the underground, he's easy to get to, he's down in Covent Garden, he'll be right up the street of what you're looking for, and I'd much rather do that than say, oh no, 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 I'll, I'll cover all the things that you want to do, because it's not true, I'm not going to do that, I do what I do, and if somebody isn't interested in doing what I'm doing, then what's the point? You know, and I want my guys to be as good as they can be. And as good as they can be is probably a lot better than I am because I'm well past my best before date. I'm too lazy to train that hard anymore. So I've got a lot of stuff going on in there, but past a certain point, they need to go and try it elsewhere. You know, and, and that's fine. I have no issues with that whatsoever. Andy? I'm very similar to both Bob and Brian. I mean, if someone comes to the class, they say, do you do karate? I start, I have a conversation with them. What are you trying to get out of it? And if they're sport karate or they start talking about throwing, I mean, we do throw in, but not as much as judo people, I'll send them somewhere else. I know most or a lot of people in, the, in, in town who did different stuff. I know Muay Thai instructors, judo instructors. And if people want to do different stuff I will send them to different places because as Bob said there's no point in trying to keep someone in the club just to have numbers because they'll just get fed up and one of the things I really hate is when someone tells you so in one of those old associations we were just talking about it was like you must come to competition you've got to go to these courses you might we've got to visit an instructor you have to come I hate that if someone tells me I've got to do something I'm like Phew. so I feel in no position to tell other people they must do something mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> it would be nice occasionally, Andy, if you told them they must come to our son. <laughs> yeah, they, they they don't care about you lot. They've got me. No, that's, well, yeah. we I've got I've got the same I've got the same issue with my students. Every time I say, "Oh, there's a great seminar," nobody turns up. They're mm -hmm. just yeah. like, well, "Yeah, all right, you go on seminar. I just train." Yeah, we'll see so, you later. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But just like <laughs> Brian as well. I mean, I've got a really good Aikido guy. So if I'm teaching break balls and he's there, I just go. Alfie, you're teaching breakfalls tonight. He's better at it than I am. So why would I try and teach something just because I'm the black belt at the front of the class? It just, it's ludicrous. I've got a guy who's a trained, trained as a lawyer. So when we're talking about law, Dave, is that right? What would happen there? And use other people's skills. I just head up the class and as Bob said earlier, I've got more experience in karate than most of them. But everyone should bring their skills to the table and use them to the best of their ability. It's, it's funny because we've got, um, from time to time, uh, Matthew Powell comes into our class. He's, he owns the protection company, 
so he's doing all over the world and you know we're training and my students on the beginning was like taken back or well, you don't because if we're doing something from self-protection i'm not the expert on self-protection i don't teach self-protection i do art that's that's my field and mm -hmm. i am comfortable with this i don't do any law and stuff like that and you know he, he's coming and i said well if you want to do self-protection matthew can you teach and where matthew takes over the class and on the beginning the students especially from traditional background who training when he's like you don't afraid he's gonna take your students well <laughs> no, if, if they want to go go you know i do my stuff and i'm comfortable with my stuff and like like you andy said you know i use the somebody who is better i don't have an ego um, bothering me in that that kind of way so i think i think that's a healthy approach to it isn't it hmm. definitely definitely and, and the students uh, most of them are grown-ups so you know they should be able to make their own decision you know, I, I think there's, uh, you talked about, I think Les, you mentioned it earlier about karate being a bit like a religion, you know, so mm -hmm. that everyone will follow the Messiah. Mm -hmm. they, they can do what they want. They, they are grown-ups at the end of the day. And I think it's, it's, it's our duty to point them in the right direction to do what they want to do as well, yeah. rather than try and keep them. Yeah, we shouldn't. So I, w I would like to explore something which come up today because I think that's the really apparent in the uh, traditional karate, more of kind of Shotokan way. You mentioned that for your grading, you've got the uh, written part of it because if from Kyokushin side, we don't have things like that. So it's all about the skills. There's not much of uh, writing. I probably will fail because I'm dyslectic and uh, English is not my first language, but they hope. Um, <laughs> what... That sounds very dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got people. I've got people. That's why it takes me so long to. Uh... <laughs> A bit like Andy then. Andy's got yeah. people as well. Uh, I'm, I'm... later offline, Les. How we get other people to do the work? <laughs> Well, that's why it takes me so long to publish a book because I have to write it and nobody else understands it. So my wife goes, oh, I know what he meant. She changed it to English, proper English. Then somebody else has to write it properly. That's why it's a nightmare. But going back to written exams, what that gives to your students and what's the idea behind it? So one of the reasons for it is it gives students a chance to go away and look at a subject more deeply and think about it. And actually, instead of just doing some physical stuff in class it's like we want people to actually start thinking about stuff so it's sort of a way to push them to do that they don't need to be the best english uh we've had ones given in handwritten we've given had ones that are typed we've had some that have far exceeded the word limit we've given them and are just massive and they've almost become sort of like uh, well mini novels almost some of the size of them um it gives them something else to do and some people really really hate it mm. but i like that because everyone has got something they hate generally in class so we use so some people hate when you really mash them physically and it's like exhausting and they're going to collapse and die they hate that mm. we have one lady who used to come to us and she loved being pushed like that she'd be exhausted but she was super into her fitness and that didn't test her because she knew she'd try and keep going. But you put that in front of her and she's like, oh, God, I don't want to do that. Mm. Because karate is all about facing adversity, that is one adversity we can give people who hate it. And Brian's going to disagree with me now, which is one of the great things about... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, we don't have... So I don't have a written 
part to my syllabus at all anyway. So uh, what it is. No, but that's most of my students can't know. <laughs> can't read or write now. We're, <laughs> we're just knuckle draggers that hit things. <laughs> but uh, no, so, no, we don't. It's just not something I've ever thought about doing. But something that I, I think is good that has come out of this coronavirus um, thing is that we've have my group. That, so I was teaching on on Zoom on a Monday and a Wednesday. And we, we used to do a, 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 the last Friday of the month when we was allowed in dojos and, and uh, one of the students said, oh, can we still do the Friday sessions? Um, and I thought, oh, God, doing three Zoom sessions a week. So I did it and we did a physical sort of session. And then actually we said, should we just have a discussion instead? And we were, so we started talking about um, um, habitual acts of violence. Uh, and we ended up talking about all the different types and how you deal with it and, 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 and things that happened before this uh, these habitual acts of violence so the pre-fret cues and, st and stuff like that so going forward we said um rather than doing the physical session on the friday night we're going to stay at home <laughs> and do a zoom session where we have a discussion so that just means i get away with not having to read what my students have written <laughs> and uh, and they don't have to write anything but we have we have a we have a chat instead and i think you know that's that's actually something that, that that's pretty cool that has come out of this coronavirus situation for, for, for my class anyway so um but yeah no no written stuff for us mm -hmm. oh, well i don't have any written component to my gradings either um the way i cover the thinking for themselves thing because i am teaching a physical skill set is that once they start getting up to brown belt and above for me the physical side is okay we've done all these things you have to reach reached a certain level of physical competence and prove technical competence in those things and for your next grading okay this is your kata i'm just going to show you this kata we'll learn the kata i'm not going to tell you anything else about it your job for your grading is to take that away work out what you think that means and you come back and teach it to me and, and that's where the thinking component for my guys comes in is that here's your kata use the methods and the things that we've learned on the way through and my approach to things if it suits you, use your own approach if you've got another one, but take it away, work it out for yourself, come back and show me what you've got. So, yeah, okay. no, no writing, but that's... I think yeah. most of our written stuff and is more, or a lot of the, and especially a lot of the earlier um, questioning stuff ingrained is more about the self-protection angles and uh -huh. stuff you can't do physically. So, I think first grade, what are Cooper's colour codes, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So they understand the basics of stuff like that to fit in with the karate. And then we have the physical stuff like that and that starts kicking in around about black belt level. Yeah, but that is definitely more self-protection orientated than karate orientated. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when I'm grading them, I'm grading them on physical karate ability, not on a self-protection syllabus. So that's where my mix yeah. is. So we've all got slightly different approaches, but it fits together well because they realise that I'm right eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my, my syllabus is it's, we're martial arts, so we, we have a, a slight lean towards self-protection. But I think, um, like I say, because when we're in the dojo, we, we just like to do the physical side. And I think, you know, having, that's probably where, you know, Dandy doing the written paper is, 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 is good because you get them to think if you if you want to teach self-protection as well you have to do that won't you um and doing the soft skills in class nobody wants to come to class to have a chat you know so um that's why like i say um, the zoom session will be good for that 
now. Um, and that, like I say, to me, we won't have to write, and we can lean a bit more towards the self-protection by having the discussions. Uh, but yeah, we've yeah. asked this mostly martial arts. It's all physical. So. Surely that's the point of the hour in the pub afterwards, to sit around that's, the table and just, have that, those conversations. That is just you and I, though, Bob. <laughs> that is true. Much like Brian, I've got student, most of my students, people who travel quite a long way, so they don't sit around in the pub afterwards because it's sort of like, well, it's already nearly 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. I've got an hour's drive home. I do this twice a week. My missus is going to kill me. Mm. Sure. I have a horrible... I just have to know what that is in the corner of the picture. Which one? Andy's. Which What's... corner? This corner. That's the one. <laughs> okay. You don't want to know, mate. No, I do. I have to. <laughs> it's my knees. <laughs> Fair enough. No, no, no. I trust you. <laughs> we don't need to go down there, Andy. <laughs> I'll put my trousers back on then. No. Nobody does that on Zoom. <laughs> um, next, next question. So, um, I'm coming across a lot of uh, people using the, oh, it's traditional methods, uh, traditional this, traditional that. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel that the, the word traditional is kind of a um, replacement word for lack of knowledge. Yes. So people coming with loads of uh, different approaches, uh, usually going against the anatomy and physiology and say, oh, no, no that was traditionally done. That's mm -hmm. what I'm do. We are um, preserving the history and the same with the use of traditional tools um, are you still using makiwaras and chishish whatever you call them or you moved on to uh, modern pads punching bags and weights i've never used traditional methods <laughs> so you know I, I find weights work well for me for, for what I, I i enjoy i say enjoy it I, I, I lift weights two to three times a week depends on my mood i've got a punch bag speedball focus mitts um, yeah, so it's, it's the modern equipment, and like I say, they, to me, they serve their purpose well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we, we had a little discussion on this because Andy was talking, you talked about um, what's that big sort of paper clippy thing? I don't even know what it's called, but it's it's the huge sort of iron bar that looks like a big paper clip. Um, you said that there, there's some exercise with that that looked pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I saw but, Holland doing some, and I thought, hey, look, that actually looks quite cool. I wouldn't mind one just to play with. Um, apart from that, generally for me, I use mainly new stuff. I did have a makiwara uh, in an old house, um, which I use, which I quite enjoyed to be honest. It was something different, um, and I've got one in the shed that I still haven't put into the garden yet <laughs> because there's no room at the moment because we've got other things. <laughs> um, but I quite like the makiwara. It's just something different to do. It's not as useful as a heavy bag. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I should probably try one before I dismiss it because I, I can't see much benefit from it, to be honest. Um, like I say, I get a lot from a heavy bag and I, and I get a lot from um, the, the speedboard I just bought and focus mitts, particularly with a partner. You know, so if you've got a partner, uh, whether you're doing it as a, for sporting content or whether you're doing a, a self-protection drill or, or a bunkai drill with the pads, they're really, really versatile. So it just saves you hurting people, well, don't they? You've so. got a partner who can actually use them half decently, though. Mm. Let's put that yeah, in. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some shit with the focus mitts is worse than yeah. hitting anything, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think you'll find someone shit on the focus mitts is making a living doing boxer size classes. <laughs> <laughs> I <Yeah>. do agree. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Uh, that was one of my articles. I, I had a, um, I hate boxercise, and uh, mm -hmm. lots of people was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay as long as you see it as what it is, which is mm. an aerobic activity and a, a bit of stress relief. Uh, it's when people start to think that there's a crossover between that and anything else. And that's true of so many things. Well, know. that's my biggest bugbear, isn't it? False mm. advertising and people saying they're teaching something they're not teaching at all. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you do and it doesn't matter what the students are doing as long as they're doing what they think they're doing. You know, uh, there's been a lot of anti and hanging around the sort of forums and the places we all do. You see a lot of people who are very anti three case karate. Uh, and I don't see any issues with it. It's like performance kata and these marvellous bunkai demonstrations. There's some tremendous physical skills there. Mm. But as long as people are doing them with the understanding that that's what they're doing and they're not doing self-protection or street fighting or anything, then there's absolutely no issue with that. It's just the little bugbear, and I think it irks us all slightly, is come along to karate, you can do this, 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 and this, and learn to defend yourself when they do no self-defense whatsoever. It's just taken as a, if you do all the other things, you'll automatically learn self-defense because it just is part of the thing. Uh, and they're all different skill sets and you just have to be honest about what it is you do. Yeah, I think that's very important that uh, <clears throat> you have to be honest, you know. I, lots of people I got emailed because I'm in a in a young group and posting my stuff, how I do bunkers and stuff, lots of people going to me and, you know, oh, you do the practical martial arts. Yes, I do the practical martial arts, but I don't teach self-defense. And people are like, what? what? What do you mean? Mm -hmm. well, I like I like how people <laughs> I like how people bend, and I like to use the anatomical knowledge to cause pain. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think though a lot of people don't see the difference, though, do they? They think because yeah, you're doing yeah. practical martial arts, you are teaching self-defense. And that is a really big point, isn't it? Just to not let it gloss over in the conversation as a throwaway comment that practical martial arts and self-defense are not the same thing. Mm. Exactly, no. exactly. There is a crossover, but then there's a crossover also with 3Ks and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Everything then... crosses over, but they are not the same. No. Yes, you're right. But none of you answered about the traditional side of the stuff, except the equipment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, no, I, I, I don't use any traditional equipment. I've got a freestanding punch bag. I've got a speedball. I've got weights and general gym equipment. I've got sticks that I hit things with, but no, I've never had a Makiwara. I've never felt a need for any of the other things. Everything I use, I can get out of modern equipment. And I may be missing something, I don't know, but my concept is that with the biomechanics, I can do that in isolation without a Makiwara to give me feedback because it's about structure and I did the anatomy qualification and I understand the basics of that. I can do all those things on a heavy freestanding bag. I can have one of these ones with the weighted base. I can get the alignment right but the versatility is there to do lots of other things with a limited amount of equipment which I think if you have to have something specific for everything and I'm not interested in conditioning my hands you know any more than you get from just putting a wrap on and hitting a bag mm. you know i don't want callous knuckles i need to use my hands for all sorts of delicate things yeah and they are quite delicate hands this podcast you know. is meant to be family friendly stop it 
No, you've got to watch out for the magic pixel, Andy. You know that. Yeah. I'll answer the other bit of your question, if you like, Les. About mm, the term traditional, you're right. <laughs> I totally agree with what you said, 100%. <laughs> People use it all the time for all sorts of weird things to just go, oh, yeah, it's traditional, so it must be right. I think they, they use it mostly to give an air of uh, legitimacy to what it is they're doing. Yeah, didn't that happen just recently on one of the forums that we're all on again, or one of the, someone has just come up and gone, but lo, we've always done it that way. Mm -hmm. Yes, so what? I like that quote, was it peer pressure from dead people or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. No, I mean, I, I if you're studying the tradition, that's fine because that's what you want to be doing. But what I do is in no way claimed to be traditional. I did write a blog post about it because Alice asked a question at one of the Bunkai Bashes, didn't she? Mm. You know, are you doing old style karate? And I probably am in concept in the way we approach it and the way we teach it. But I make no claims to it being traditional because I have no historical knowledge as to that. This is just the way I teach. And that bit in the middle is the aberration. But I do this new thing. They did this old thing and there's this bit in the middle. And that may be similar to that, but I don't know. Yeah, I use, I use, yeah, I use, I am finishing most of the arguments that way because they say, oh, this kata, we don't do it like a traditional. I say, well, I don't have a burden of tradition because I'm a modern karate person. So mm. I don't have to stick to tradition. I respect it, but I don't have to follow it. Mm. The, the other thing which would Rob actually uh, bring it up is the, anatomy and physiology in instructors, their knowledge uh -huh. of, or maybe a <laughs> lack of, oh, because... <laughs> you're leaning <laughs> against an open door there. <laughs> because I, I, my, my training is, I, I used to be a paramedic, so mm -hmm. I, I went for anatomical uh, school and, uh, you know, concepts as well, and mm -hmm. I find uh, anatomy interesting and physiology interesting as yeah. well. But more I see is COVID actually bring it a lot. I kind of, you can... Um, joining those um, sessions online now for free and mm -hmm. it's just um, shocking <laughs> it's shocking what people do and the lack of knowledge is you know I, I think that should be some kind of um, uh, legal obligation that you need to know it just happens that sitting beside my desk <laughs> yeah, yeah I've got this other stuff from the other room but by the legal man sleeps there so I'm not going to jump in there but what's your approach uh, you studying anatomy physiology or you just go, well, we punch things. <laughs> Brian, Brian's going to be, well, we punch things. <laughs> I just punch things. Yeah, I mean, it's quite natural. I mean, yeah, there is, there is, a, there, there is a, a science and a physics to it, isn't there? But it's quite a natural thing as well. Like, like mm. um, I, I think in the uh, uh, sort of late spring, I just shared a video of me throwing a ball. Yeah, it's just a natural, natural body mechanics, throwing a ball. And then I just held a focus mitt up in front of me and, and threw a fist at the focus mitt. So, yeah, I don't, I don't study it maybe as much as I should, but I probably have an understanding through years of training. But, but no, no, no medical background or, or anything like that in, in, mm -hmm. in anatomy. Or, so, so, no, I don't study it. So. Well, I've read up a bit about it. I've not any formal study. Um, but I have several books hanging around somewhere and things that I've looked at, read. Um, I think one of the ones that I read earlier on was, oh God, what's it called? By Elmer Schmeismer. I don't know if you know that guy. Yes, I know. <clears throat> He's, uh, he looks like a tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> I 
listening. But he's he's fantastically good at wrapping people up, up into what he calls human pretzels. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's written a whole book, and it's really quite interesting, all about the the anatomy and physiology of karate training and how it's wrong in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Advanced karate, though, I think it's called. I'd have to go yeah. look at the bookshelf. Yeah, like I can say, I've probably got it up there somewhere. I know yeah. I've got a couple Very of Elmer's books. Drop me a link. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the anatomy training, formal anatomy training I had is very much at the Mickey Mouse level. It was part of my massage therapy course uh, for my qualification for that. Uh, But it's something I've always looked at because, again, I'm an old person or an older person. Even when I went back to training seriously, I was already 40, 41. And there were things that they were doing, bad practices that I could feel in my joints. You think... Mm -hmm. This doesn't work right. It doesn't make sense with the way that the body moves and the body works. Uh, so you need to educate yourself on those things because it's not your job again to be causing long-term damage in students just because they are young enough and flexible enough to mm. to wear with it. And oh, it's hurting a bit. Well, you're a karate person now. You have to train through that. No, I've always said, uh, even when I was first starting, even with the kids, that if it aches, that's good. You're working hard. If it's a pain, stop. There shouldn't be pain. There can well be aches and things hurting, but there shouldn't be pain. If there's pain, you're doing something wrong. And that's at a basic level the way I've always told people. You know, I, I buggered up one of my hips trying to do a side kick when the human body physically cannot do a side kick. There's no such thing as a raised kick to the side, anything above shin level just doesn't work the anatomy of the the pelvis just doesn't allow for it yeah so you need to understand those mechanics and people don't they just look at the words and make the shapes and that's very very frustrating yeah it is it is (laughs) okay going back to uh, practical stuff Mm -hmm. so let's say i am a free k practitioner or a sports karate practitioner i want to get into the practice of um practical martial arts or self-defense what steps should i do where to look information what do you recommend from your point of view <laughs> well two pounds a month <laughs> <laughs> which is less than three <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and buy my book <laughs> it's on special lockdown off from the moment. i make no money out of it at all no, um, I, I I will put the link. Drop me whatever links you want, and I put it in the bottom. I, I do that as well. I done it for Christian as well. Vedevard. I mean, there's there's a lot of information out there at the moment, isn't there? So if you was interested yeah. in getting into pla- uh, practical applied karate, um, you know, there's there's you don't you wouldn't have to look far really for for a quick Google search. Mm. Obviously, you have to put your bullshit filters on as well, don't you? You know, to see yeah. that that looks bollocks, but. Um, from coming from the the three k background, I, I didn't with an open mind. I didn't find it hard to transition to practical karate, you know. So with with the right instructors, you know. So um, Ian, again talking back to Ian, it, 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 it explains things really well. Um, it's great at explaining things, in fact, you know, um, and makes a lot of sense. And and if you go past that and think for yourself, because I think that's his whole model. He doesn't want you to be a uh, 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 an Ian clone he does want you to think for yourself so you know once you take those concepts and principles that he teaches you you can go away and, 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 and play you just need another body to play with and uh, it's, it's, it's an, I, I think it's quite an easy cross uh, transition 
from from uh, classical mm. to, to, to to practical. Well, I got think, to really change the range. Yeah, I think thing. there are issues with that approach, though. It mm. works for us because we are those sorts of people. Uh, I've seen so many people out there now who have transitioned from 3K to practical karate, but they haven't transitioned mindset-wise. All they've done is, well, I was following this path, I'm now following this path, and I'm learning a new set of things, but they're not transitioning. All they're doing is, as you said, you mentioned Ian, I went to train with Ian a good few times. I went down to Andy's place, where I think it was where I first trained with Ian, but I listened to what he said. And if you listen to what Ian says, and learn the concepts of what he's doing, you can very quickly go off and apply those things by yourself. Yeah. You don't need to go to seminar after seminar after seminar. What happens with people I see doing the rounds is that they're collecting drills and techniques. Mm. They're not learning concepts and they're not learning to flow and to apply the concepts or do anything. They're going to learn a set of drills. And, and I don't see that as practical karate. It's just different shapes. Does that make sense in that context yeah, uh, of what I'm trying to say? So I think there's, if you're already the sort of person who's thinking, then there's a lot of material out there that you can go to, you can look at, you can go away and play with it. But if you just say, okay, don't do this, go and look at Ian or Vince or Don or, or whoever, or Andy even, if things are really desperate. Um, <laughs> That's Andy Kitt. Yeah. <laughs> Not Andy Allen. Andy Allen's all right. Not oh, Andy, Andy Allen's Kendo. okay. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. That, that's, it's, no, it's just those dodgy people down in Swindon. But, uh, oh, Les, you haven't mentioned Les, you know, you go and check out Les's channel. But Yeah, but he does wrestling. It's not the same thing at all. Right? It's, like, <laughs> it's not traditional karate, I think is it? The thing is, if you're, there's two things. One is, what do they actually want to learn? Is yeah. it self protection? Is it applied karate? Is it a mix of both? Do they just like bending people around in different mm. manners? Or do they want to learn self-protection? But the hard bit, I think, for someone who's coming to it is having a partner or someone to play with. If you've, yeah. you're like on your own, which to be fair, I was to start with, if you haven't got someone to play with, it's a lot harder than if you've got a body to, yeah. to mess about with. And there's step one with opening your own club. And then, yeah, if you're a black belt, you can just open your own club and get people in and start doing it. Um, which is why I opened my own club. Well, I, I started going that way because I was like, well, this is what I want to do. Get people in to do that. Mm -hmm. If they don't want to do it, go somewhere else, which is what we talked about earlier. Yeah. But you need another body and you need to be willing to play with it, get it wrong, go, that doesn't make sense. Just try it again. Different angle, different range, different attack. Mm. the best thing i think another thing to make a point to people is that you don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. people tend to get very zealous when they switch so say well, i've had all these years of training all this is nonsense now i'm doing this instead but once you start to understand what you're doing you will find that probably 80 90 percent of the stuff that you learned is still valid it's just what you thought it was and how you approached it that was wrong. The mechanics of what you've learned are right, the moves are right, all that information is useful information. You just need to adjust some things. You don't need to step way back here, start again and do this instead. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of crossover there. A lot of the stuff we learned at 3Ks is really useful in practical cry. 
Yeah. Big tech. Fundamental. Fundamental. Power. <laughs> some of the people who probably are starting in practical karate need to be careful now that they get a good grounding in body mechanics. Yeah. And power structure, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Because a lot of them just go nuts and then they're like, frankly, useless. Mm hmm yeah, yeah. yeah I, I found i found out in my club as well that the people coming from different stuff and i teach completely different and they try to uh, put everything in i call it draws so they put their um, karate draws my yeah. training draw aikido mm. draw so i always tell them you know you need to take those draws shake them about throw on the floor and mix it all about mm -hmm. so you have yeah. to have your, your own karate not the copies of of what we talked earlier don't make copies of of other people just do your, your own you would so think Brad, somebody would put it on a t-shirt, wouldn't you? It's just movements. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you start saying something and I interrupt you, I think. Oh, I, I, I lost track there. <laughs> I, <can't remember. laughs> I do that a lot. Uh, I, I, I forget to write things on calendars as well. <laughs> That's been noticed. <laughs> <laughs> What's the future holds for Bunker Bastards? I know you meant to be doing the Bunker Bash this year because you invited me to, to teach. Um, Andy, um, what's what's gonna happen? Are we gonna be back to more um, seminars, or are we gonna stick seminars online? Or I don't think we're gonna be doing any seminars online. Um, I, I, interestingly, I, I did the one with you tonight for for the mental health les, which actually it was really good. You know, it went really well. So the thought of um, a seminar online just wondered how it was going to work but that one did that was fantastic um but for us i, I don't think we will i've not we've not discussed it actually i'm just making a decision now no we won't <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, the, the um, problem is that the core <laughs> the core of what we do is so dependent on having bodies and contact yeah yeah that you know it, it would be virtually impossible because the concepts are entirely about feel and, and physical understanding so you can't teach that at a distance because all you can do is make the shapes and you can correct things. But it's all about that connection and putting those things together in the chaos of what happens in a real fight. Uh, and you can't simulate that solo. Even now, the, the, the group's at a funny stage as well because um, it, it's a task-based study group as such. Yeah. So at the moment, nobody's going into a dojo. So... You know, um, you've joined at a funny time, really, Les, because there's no tasks as such. We, we, we tried a couple, didn't we? We did a, some solo training tasks, and um, I think we've, we've had... Um, so we've changed things up a little bit in the group where we've had a couple... We did do a couple of Zoom sessions, so we did um, a couple of solo focus miss, mit sessions and a uh, solo ground session, so transitioning between different positions and getting some impact in. And we've had a couple of discussions, so uh, we, we do another one as well, aren't we? So... Mm -hmm. um, at some point but but yeah i think the future um well it'd be, it'd be, yeah maybe people can't get past the name like i say it's, it's not a huge group at the moment but it would be good to grow it it'd be good to get more people in i think the people that are in it it would be nice if uh we get them doing what we want them to do which is the you know the the, the group the peer review you know so, so mm -hmm. a lot of people have joined the group but they're quite quiet so they like to see what other people are doing well, yeah, see, that is an issue with a group like ours. And what happens is people expect it to be somewhere as a resource where they can come and look at other people's stuff. Mm. So with the current membership we've got, I would say on a good task, 
we probably, even with the size of the group, we probably only have what eight to ten active members. Mm-hmm. People who get involved in the tasks and do stuff in the tasks. Everybody else really is just lurking on the background, not doing that. And the problem is getting new people in. From what we do, the trouble is that all the people we associate with, all the people we know, all the people we converse with online are typically people who are already at our sort of level. So they don't need the sort of things we are doing. Um, But of course, all the people who would benefit from it, who are, it's going to sound awfully arrogant, who are further down the tree uh, and and are not at that stage yet, we don't have access to those people because those people are still in the karate machine somewhere. They don't see us. More advertisement. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, again, it's a concept thing because we're not doing it as a business and we're none of us building an empire and making a fortune. We don't like marketing and we don't like pushing, but you can't get people in unless you do that. And as yeah, soon as you do that, you have to start giving people what they want rather than what they need. Uh, and yeah. again, so immediately you start to compromise what you're doing because. Well, if we want more people, they want to do this sort of thing. Yeah, but we don't want them to do that sort of thing. We want them to do what we want them to do. <laughs> and that's a hard sell. Yeah, I've got to say the same thing with my club and, and stuff. I just, uh, all the, my products and product, products, they're not products, but uh, you yeah. know, books and stuff, I just refuse to advertise it. I just don't feel right about advertising and pushing it, you know. I don't like mm-hmm. forcing people to do my stuff. So I might speak with Andy about the book pushing and stuff well, yeah because andy's I'm made a marvelous right. success of that. <laughs> <Check it out. laughs> yeah. don't yeah, go I mean, there don't go there it'll be good to get back to, to 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 doing the seminars that we did um the the, the, the great the last one we done was the nightclub training wasn't it which was was fabulous. The improvised yeah. weapons session down at the nightclub yeah yeah and the gauntlet um, and yeah. it was the best one we've ever done by a long way i think that, that could be it. Well, the nightclub training is a thing that we've been doing for some years and it's really good fun because it gets people yeah. out of the usual dojo environment and it gets them mm. in what is a real area and it's generally a bit smelly and a bit sticky. Sean, you don't have to, if you're listening to this ever, mate, you don't have to clean the floor four times before we turn up. To <laughs> <don't care>. um, <laughs> and, and it gets them out and it gives them something different to do. Um, and you can, as soon as you start putting bunkai and things in smaller areas and real situations, there's a lot of other things. Be, ah, oh, I can then slam someone's head into that. And oh, I'm too small to do it. And it's very, very different. Yeah. And, and it gives you a different appreciation of, of stuff yeah. to do. But it is still all karate skills. It's still all karate skills. Again, people look at it as a, a thing in and of itself, and it's not. It's not, it's transferable skills and it's exactly the stuff you do in training. And I must say, I think, because um, there was a, a lady we was talking to the other day who said, it sounds really scary. Um, it's not, you know, we, we're not that bad. We, we don't, we, we don't want to hurt, <laughs> we don't want to hurt people. So it isn't, you know, although it's in a nightclub, you know, we put all safety measures in place and, you know, nobody gets injured. You know, there's always a risk to doing any sort of contact. You know, physical activity but you know we try and minimize all the risks and it's, it was it was fantastic the last one was really really good i'd almost say well thought out but it was us three so yeah. I, I can't well, say that. on a personal level i was certainly winging a lot of what i did on the day <laughs> but that's because i know what i'm doing so i can do that <laughs> people do need to train in different 
situations. Training mm -hmm. barefoot in a beautifully lit hall all the time is not good. I mean, one guy once said to me, go and do your cat on a hillside. And I didn't decide whether he just thought I was an idiot and he wanted to get rid of me or whether he was trying to teach me something. But it turns out, if you've got wet grass on a hip, slippery hillside, your circumstances are crap. Yeah. <laughs> and when you start doing grappling in the woods, in stinging nettle beds, it's a different ball game to when you're doing it in the dojo. And mm -hmm. you learn a lot of new things very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that's, that's all true. Yeah. Um, guys, where, where people can find you when they are looking for Bullcrap Busters or uh, your clubs? So give me some, uh, I'm going to put links in the description as well. So please send me links to all your stuff because I can't be bothered to listen it again. No, that's fine. <laughs> You'll do that. That's fine. Not a problem. Okay, so, so, yeah, mine's um, my, my personal karate page is uh, zanshinkarateacademy.com. <laughs> so, that's, uh, so that's my website. Uh, I've got a Facebook page, Zanshin Karate Academy. And YouTube, um, Zanshin Karate Academy Dojo Sessions, and Instagram is Brian Bates Karate. So that's um, that's my my bits. We'll do the Bunkai Bastards thing at the end, so mm -hmm. Bob can do his red fish. Uh, yeah, well, there is a web page, um, and I'm in Croxley Green, just outside Watford, so it's northwest London, effectively. Uh, web page is redfishkarate.co.uk. But the easiest way to find me is just search for Redfish Applied Karate on Facebook, because that's where I do all my activity anyway. Mm -hmm. um, I've got more websites than I care to think about, to be honest. But uh, my club website is genjitsu.co.uk, but that's more about the club in Swindon. Um, I've got andykid.com, Andy with an I, spelt like a girl. Uh, that's why I grew the beard, in case you were wondering. Um, <laughs> And that's got, that's got my archive of all my Bunkai bikes on there, linked to my YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Um, and then obviously for the three of us, there's bunkaibastards.co.uk. Yeah. Um, but there if you is. look for us on Facebook, it's pretty easy to find. Yeah. If you type in bastards, I think it brings us up on Facebook. <laughs> Even if that's only in the comments from other people. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, it was a pleasure to have you. Mm, thanks very much. Thanks, 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 thanks for asking us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, cheers. Good to talk. Great, 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 uh, great conversation. I think... Um, <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to see what you can edit that down into that's useful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not going to edit it. No, it's going, going as it is. Cool. Uh, I, it, a, it takes too much time to edit it. I'm not uh -huh. that good at I'm not that good at it. I only got the new program, so I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think it's more um, I don't know uh, more interesting for people if it's not edited. So yeah. it's just well, if you're it not editing it, then we probably better say that Brian has got the shiniest head, even though you can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> he polished it Thanks, just Andy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a pleasant change for me, I have to say. You don't know how pleased I am. It's the lighting in this room, honest. That'll be what it is, yeah. It's a lighting issue. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, thanks for having us, Les. And uh, yeah, keep up a good work with your um, podcast as well. So I've been enjoying yeah. those. Yeah, they've been really good. Yeah, thank you very much. It's it yeah. not, not um, intended, but it's going very well. So I'm going to keep doing it. If people are happy, I'm happy. I'm impressed maybe with not, maybe not. using all your time. Like over the kitchen sink is a, yeah. an excellent idea. I know it's like young kids. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, that's what I can do only, you know. That's why I'm well, sitting in this room with the headsets on, and you probably can hear a little one in the background crying. Yeah, maybe this this could be the death of your podcast. I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, thank you very much. Cheers, man. Uh, Cheers. We we'll speak soon. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers, Cheers all. See you later. Bye. Bye bye.